Welcome to Spark My Muse, everybody. Today I have a fellow podcaster on, Michael Barticell of Melbourne, Australia, and he's traveling the world right now, so he's in British Columbia, but he's, oh boy, I'm going to have to edit this out, I can tell already a little bit, it's a little choppy. Um, <laughs> uh, he's a podcaster of the Good People Effect podcast, uh, centers on creativity, adventure, and purposeful living. And he also, I've seen a bunch of his videos on YouTube today, Dreamer. Thank you so much, Michael, for being my guest today. Thank you for having me, Lisa. It's it's a pleasure. I love Spark My Muse. It's it's a great podcast to listen to, and I'm so happy that I'm actually on the show. We're going to do a little bit of a swap cast and, and hopefully release these around the same time and kind of get our um, listeners maybe to, to co-mingle a little bit and listen to each other's podcasts. I always think that... Um, Networking in, in those ways and building relationships is really a, not just a helpful, but kind of a fun experience, too. So I hope that that happens. Um, and so now you're traveling the world. So did you, you I, I saw part of this on YouTube that you kind of sold all your stuff and you decided to wander around a bit. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I, I pretty much decided that I wanted to. I needed to look for myself. I needed to find out a little bit more about who I was. And I, I felt like with the environment I was in at the time, it was just pretty difficult um, to be to be able to feel feel that and, and feel free and be able to free uh, feel free to kind of discover myself and and get more experiences into my life. And, and I feel like travel really helps you do that. When you get away from your routine, you get away from everything you, you think you know, and, and all these kind of new experiences hit you and, you, and you're taking more risks and you're, and you're facing more challenges. You, you kind of grow in a, in a lot of different directions that maybe would be a little bit harder to do so if you were kind of at home. Mm-hmm. So I wanted a long-term trip and I didn't want to kind of plan anything too much. I just wanted to see how everything went. So I saved up for quite some time. I had mm-hmm. a few setbacks and then uh, when I when I made enough um, money, when I, I guess when I earned my freedom, uh, <laughs> then I mm-hmm. kind of just bought the things I th- thought I might need for the trip, like certain bits of clothing, bits and pieces, and uh, sold it pretty much everything else, um, and then just kind of hit the road. And I've mm-hmm. been traveling now for about a year and a half, but um, it's been yeah, it's been a wild adventure. And I'm, mm-hmm. I've actually booked a ticket back home for a couple of months um, mm-hmm. soon, so mm-hmm. that's going to be interesting. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing some some special people that that I haven't seen for quite a while. What are some of the things you feel like you've learned along the way so far? Yeah, it's crazy. Like there's just been so many different lessons and and lessons Mm -hmm. come in a lot of different forms. But I think maybe even just recognizing that lessons Mm -hmm. are present everywhere and in everyone has been one of the biggest ones. And just kind of being able to, I guess, notice things in mm-hmm. a different, see things in a different way and maybe notice things a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lessons in, in every moment and, and especially in the struggles and um, and you find people to be teachers that you, you know, if you, you can find a teacher within anyone, I feel now. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking like that before I left, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting when you really listen to people and you, you try to see things from their point of view and... You, if if you feel connected to everyone, I feel like mm-hmm. you treat everyone like a brother or a sister. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like um, the world would be a much happier place, and would be able to take a lot more from people that otherwise might just make us feel angry or sad or these things that we kind of categorize as, as negative emotions. Um, if we look at 
people in a certain light, they can definitely show us things that we would never be able to discover on our own. Hmm. So what's an example of someone you met that taught you something that you, you probably wouldn't have noticed before? I think it happens all the time. I think Mm -hmm. that, uh, when you, like if, if I've met someone, I meet someone and, and for example, if they really frustrate me or annoy me or, you know, um, they, they might be rude or whatever the scenario, our initial kind of instincts kind of tell us to uh, back away, get defensive or, you know, react in some kind of way. But when we realize that that person is just kind of acting on the way kind of, you know, on their own environment and they are who they are because of their own experiences and we've probably got no idea, you know, where they're coming from, then it's it's a lot easier to kind of slide with them and see things from their point of view and then think, well, maybe this can teach me, you know, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't act like that towards other people or maybe the lesson is that I, I, I need to work on my patience so I'm not so annoyed with that person or whatever it is. Yeah, I've, I've noticed too with people who are, sort of almost ready for a fight that it's not me that they're upset with it's pl- probably plenty of other things or something that happened before and just a little connection just a little camaraderie a smile or yeah I, I get it I'm having one of those days too will will set them at ease and it's not like it works all the time some people are just going to be miserable no matter what but sometimes just like a yeah, I get it. I'm, you know, um, it's almost like we're kind of like an indicator to them that you're on the same team in just some way um, can help because I think people a lot of times have their guard up. I don't know if it's everywhere, if it's just, <laughs> I'm not sure. In different places in the United States, this takes a different flavors, but um I know, like, the closer you get to Philadelphia, the more aggressive it gets. <laughs> really? That's interesting. Yeah, apparently. I wonder why. So, yeah, Philly's a little aggressive, and um, I'm from the other side of Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh. It's more Midwestern. If you come to mid- the Midwestern United States, it's it's friendlier. Uh, not, not that you'll run into all kinds of friendly people, but um, it's a little more laid back. And the, the pace is much slower, and... Um, and of course, this does depend on, I think we're realizing this more now, it does depend on what you look like, the color of your skin, how you'll be treated, I think. Um, but um, it's interesting, though, that people's guards are up in a certain way, in a sort of eat or be eaten type of way. And if you can kind of have a little pause or a little space to see, um, to not get triggered because they're already triggered, then that little bit of reflection, that little bit of distance can help you see, okay, this isn't some, their reaction isn't something I need to take personally. It yeah. goes such a long way. Yeah, I feel like there's kind of like an, an, an invisible energy that's always around us. And mm-hmm. I guess people call it vibes, right? So when you have your good <laughs> vibes or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever word you want to use, I mm-hmm. think if you're adding something positive to the mix and mm-hmm. you're kind of contributing your vibes, whatever they are, they're going to influence other people and, and vice versa. So I think it's it's great. It's funny when you're like, you can tell like you're, you're sitting at a party and you can tell everyone's in a certain kind of mood. Mm-hmm. And you could easily play a song that could kind of interrupt that mood and everyone will feel kind of a bit jarred. Or you could you could play some music that really um, 
accentuates that mood or, or really makes it feel right. So mm-hmm. that's also kind of adding to the energy and the vibe. So the mm-hmm. same thing goes when like you approach someone that is a bit on guard or that is a bit, you know, um, in a negative space, you can definitely affect them in a positive way. And I think that's something that, you know, that's a big lesson, I guess, um, that mm-hmm. I've learned on my journey. There's been, there's been plenty. I mean, um, even loneliness and, and harder times. Mm-hmm. I think the harder times are probably the times that I've learned the most because they've yeah. become so difficult and I've needed to work through them and, and figure out an answer. And those times wouldn't have happened if I was kind of at home uh, living life the way I was before. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are certain things about being at home that I think are really nice, you know, mm-hmm. um, that I do miss, but it's all part of it. It's all part of um, just uh, the life experience. And I think, I don't know, I, I think it's, I would recommend to, to anyone to go on kind of a, a long unplanned journey to mm-hmm. kind of add, add another interesting chapter to their lives and, and make mm-hmm. things a little bit spontaneous because it's really done a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Now, are you familiar with Ralph Potts and Vagabonding? Yes, I actually saw that you had an interview with him yeah. and um, he's that's like one of my favorite books, actually. I, mm-hmm. I read that quite a while ago and I think that had an inf- influence on, on the way I saw things. He's actually mm-hmm. said yes to coming on the show and having a chat with me. We're having a chat mm-hmm. next week. So I'm really awesome. excited because yeah. he was like, um, you know, um, when I was reading those words quite a while mm-hmm. ago, they really changed the way I looked at things. And I found mm-hmm. um, it's a book that I gift out quite a bit. And mm-hmm. I found that everyone that I give this book to, they end up just going on like a year long mm-hmm. journey after reading it. It's, <laughs> it's such a strange thing. Yeah. Well, the one thing that he said that really struck me, I still keep it with me, is that he talks about confronting his own loneliness and to make sure that that happens, which is really interesting because it's it's uncomfortable, and and this is prior to this is prior to smartphones. It's it's much harder to do now, but he talks about you know traveling alone. He travels with friends and stuff too, but he says traveling alone forces him to speak to others and to make connections and to sometimes get lost or sometimes, you know, need the help of other people and to pull him out of himself. And he's an introvert, um, but he's a really friendly, uh, you know, charming guy who seems to be pretty easy to get along with. And But he also talks about there's there's some pain in feeling lonely when you're all alone and by yourself. But at the same time, you should kind of get acquainted with your loneliness or your aloneness and realize that um that you have enough like there's enough within you that you're okay and there's something about that that we put off because it's uncomfortable and we're like oh I better that doesn't feel good let me quick <laughs> find a distraction let me get busy or you know attuned to something else so I don't have to feel that weird pain because that doesn't I don't like that feeling, you know, maybe I can drink something or, you know, get busy with some game on my phone. And he says what when he got his smartphone, that became so much harder because he could always read a book or catch up on the news or maybe text a friend. And it became that much more addictive to just get busy and not be acquainted with himself just as he is. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm, I'm, I've been reading a little bit of Stoic philosophy recently, just trying to get mm. acquainted with it. And mm-hmm. they talk a lot about removing things from your life on a, mm. on a, you know, um, 
on a reg- not on a regular basis, but here and there, just to mm-hmm. kind of see that you you're enough without anything. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. sleeping on a on on like a, a harder mattress or maybe on on the floor a couple of nights or eating food mm-hmm. that's pretty simple for like four or five days or just mm-hmm. doing things like if maybe if you've got a lot of money maybe you you, you spend a couple of days living like a poor person would, so that you can kind of get acquainted with the idea that you are enough and no matter what happens um you will be okay and you will probably you know flourish through the hard times um yeah it's interesting what you what you mentioned about rolf Potts seeing the the smartphone as a companion and it's Mm. it's quite liberating traveling without any technology and and just using maybe a a guidebook and Mm. um, your intuition and seeing where that kind of journey leaves you. There's so much room for experimentation with that kind of thing because traveling with a companion does become – um, it's, it's quite a different journey because you're, you're, you've got someone with you and I guess you're, you're, in a way you're not as open to other experiences because you could be having discussions about, you know, things in, in your everyday life that you already know about just as you could be doing with a smartphone. Um, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it kind of protects you against the world and even against enjoying yourself maybe even though they can be fun to be around but you might not really be paying attention to where you are you could almost just be well we could just sit in our living room and have this great talk but you know if you're in an interesting place you might not fully take it in it's it's weird to think you know sometimes we're you know we're not going to travel because we think well you know what if I get bored? What if I get lonely? And then you travel with somebody and it's like, well, what if I don't experience the trip? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. And, and I think like traveling without technology actually gives you, I don't know, it's like a scary thought. If I said to a friend of mine, go traveling and, and for a month and don't take your phone with you, they'd look <laughs> at me like I was crazy because in today's mm-hmm. world, it's like become such an essential part of us. It's almost like an yeah. extension of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's there's something beautiful to be found in that in challenges and for example like i could be when i was when i was in japan i remember like trying to find a place i did i did japan just with a with a book for a couple like i think it was like Mm. maybe a week week of the trip just to see how it would go and i remember Mm. getting lost and while getting lost i would find things that i never would have discovered and i'd have these experiences Mm -hmm. that i never would have had kind of with a smartphone so things right. kind of always work out and it's nice to know that you know even if anything happens i'm still good i can still figure things out and and it gives you mm. like a sense of confidence especially when you're solo traveling yeah it's it's funny to think um like i have i have kids who are teenagers and they don't they don't know what to do without obviously without their phone they're they're native to to it so they're like well what what did you do if you know, what would you do if you had to contact somebody? I was like, no, you just wouldn't. <laughs> you just wouldn't contact them. That's what would happen. You'd write a letter. I'm like, ah! <laughs> 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 you know, where would you go to find out things that you needed to find out? It's said, maybe the librarian could help you. <laughs> maybe you would just not know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting when we think about the, like the, <laughs> the generation coming up at the moment, being born yeah. into a world with kind of things that things are kind of going at such a fast pace at the moment they're only getting like exponentially quicker uh, <laughs> and yeah it was was it do you feel like it was it was um a difficult experience bringing up children um in this mm. kind of an environment it's a challenge um 
it, it has its pros and cons. I, you know, I would have loved to, in some ways, would have loved to have grown up where, where everything was at my fingertips. So I kind of envy that, that of them. Mm. Um, and I think, wow, everything is, is right here just because I love discovering. I love learning. And so I envy that of them. And I think this is great. If you have a question, let's look this up together. Let's figure this out. This is so cool. And, and on the other hand, I know that, you know, like preschoolers are watching pornography and really horrendous things that should never, they should never encounter, um, ever, or at least until they're adults. So it's, it's really jarring and there's no way to really protect them except for to keep them in a bubble. And I mean, we can put parental controls on, but a kid can just walk up to them with their phone and show them something. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's scary in some ways, but it's also, um, you just try to, you know, you just try to do the best you can. You kind of realize that, um, there's an illusion of control that you have as a parent. There's not a lot you can do unless you're one of the parents who, who is going to homeschool, never let your kid out on the outside of the house, (laughs) never going to have any connection to the internet and, and so forth. And, and that's not really the kind of life we're living. So, um, you try to set your, for me, I've just tried to set our values in and have a lot of conversations and, and have a lot of conversations that are like, if you have questions about something, tell me, and then also bring up hard conversations before other people tell them, tell them news, you know, like here's here, here's, here's what you need to know. You can hear it from me first and you're going to hear a lot of crazy things on the school bus, but here's what the truth is about this and that. Yeah. I guess if they see you as, uh, they're like safety human, (laughs) then (laughs) that's, that's like a nice thing. If you, if you nourish and build that, that connection Mm -hmm. and they know that, you know, whatever they see, you'll give them like an honest, clear Mm -hmm. perspective or your perspective on that. And and they've got you, um, to go to for safety. I think that's a really important thing with Mm -hmm. children, but there is so much to thinking about and there's so many balls in the air. When it comes mm-hmm. to, like you said, there's an illusion of control. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's infinitely complex being a parent. <laughs> Feels like it. So, um, yeah, and I, I think um, it's funny because you think, well, they have access to all this information, but the misinformation they have access to as well. And so there's a lot of ridiculous things um, that, you know, like some kids are like, oh, I don't believe we landed on the moon. <laughs> and and things like that or you know I don't think that the twin towers came down or, or or something like that like today is the day that the the twin towers came down 18 years ago and there are kids that aren't, weren't alive to see that so they're not sure if it happened or if it's recreated oh that's a movie right no it's not a movie <laughs> you know so it's it's interesting how quickly um you can you can fake things and you can photoshop things and what's real and what isn't. And it's difficult for, for another generation of people um, who haven't seen something for themselves to know what's real and what isn't because so many things can be faked. And that's a, that's a really, um, that's a really tricky one because there's so many, um, they, they have to have some wisdom really and experience to, to gain that. But now when you live in a world that can be really easily you know, photos can be faked and videos can be faked and all that stuff. So it really presents a lot of new challenges. I know that 
100 years ago, that thought of that, you know, carrying a computer in your pocket wasn't even the slightest <laughs> inkling. I mean, even when I was a kid, the, the idea of carrying a computer in your pocket was was unfathomable. Um, now they're talking you know. about putting, uh, making, fusing computers with the human body and, inc- right. and putting like chips into your brain so that you can, because yeah. they're saying that output inputs quite slow with our fingers typing or on a keyboard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and certainly I'm sure they'll do it with, with certain illnesses for sensors and things like that mm. too. That seems really um, uh, pot, like a, a likely place to go for diabetes and, and certain kind of illnesses that they'll, you know, you could alert your doctor through, you know, the internet of things and all that stuff. There would be some medical reasons to do some of that right away to have inputs and stuff. And it is really moving very quickly before, before ethics can, can speak into it maybe. And before privacy issues can be looked at because, because now we have, you know, information is the, is the commodity and then it can get bought and sold without our knowing about it and um, exactly yeah it's crazy yeah. what's going on in the world today and it just feels yeah. like there's like a hell of a lot of noise and mm-hmm. there's just like an overload of information so you're mm. right like children can get pull um you know their learnings from from these places that might not be kind of as real and authentic as as parents mm-hmm. that we might like but i think I think it's like because of all this is going on, it, it becomes like there becomes a lot more traps for the mind in a way. Mm. Uh, I really, I was thinking about writing a book about this, but I'm, I'm not sure, <laughs> um, you know, haven't really formulated my thoughts too well just yet, but I, I just feel yeah. like there should be some kind of like help with that, like an antidote. Uh, mm. And I was thinking like a, a book about you know, uh, like called the social media diet where you could have like a a healthy relationship with social media and and with Mm -hmm. information that you find online um, without being consumed by it because I kind of see this all around me and it it, it really... in a way, it's it's a death it's a death to a lot of kind of real realness and authenticity, which mm-hmm. I think is important to bring out into the world. Yeah, well, and I think I'll have they'll have to choose it for themselves too. This this group of kids, but it's awfully hard when the companies have invested, you know, likely millions or maybe even billions into the psychology of addiction, like gambling, to get them to stay on through notifications and and stuff. Like, do you have have you had your own um, battles with trying to keep your phone away from you, or is it pretty much like once you make a decision, you're you don't have too much trouble? No, I've been pretty good. Like I've just mm-hmm. I've spent the last I don't know eight months without touching Instagram at all, and I never use <laughs> Facebook. And I've just been like yeah. I'm, I'm really good at blocking myself off. But I do think you're right. I mm-hmm. think it's like an individual choice and an individual mm-hmm. experience. But I feel sometimes people can be like you said, manipulated in a way where Mm -hmm. they don't even get a chance to make their own mind up because they're already like hooked onto the dopamine hit that they get when they receive the likes or whatever version of that. Yeah. Now, do you, um, I I wanted to ask you a little bit about to speak toward your, your childhood background and being attuned to spiritual things or deeper things. And some people aren't introduced to that at all in their lives and don't have any kind of interest, but the idea about trying to grow and trying to make yourself a better person or surround yourself with good things instead of um, just trying to, um, I mean, there's, there's different paths people choose in life and sometimes they're, they're not intentional about their path at all. And you seem very intentional about your path. Do you think that has something to do with how you were brought up? 
I definitely do. I think there's, there's been a lot of different influences, some that I probably might not even be able to recollect right now, but it's just mm-hmm. kind of like a, everything we are is just a form of kind of um, everything that's happened in, kind of in the collective in the past, as well as kind of our own experiences and what we add into the mix. And um, so my, my mother was a, a psychic. She was a fortune teller as I was growing up, which was quite a, a strange thing, I guess, um, because I didn't, I'd, I'd never met anyone else whose kind of um, parents were in the same kind of profession. And she raised, she raised the three of us, myself, my two brothers, pretty much just off fortune telling since we were very young. Wow. And she's been doing it since before I was born. And um, I think that that played a, a big role into kind of shaping who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. So would she use her skills on you and would she try to get you to do one thing or other based on how she was intuiting or, you know, or was it more like separated from was it one like this is my business and now I'm a mom or did the two kind of co- coalesce? No, I think it was more, this is my business and I'm a mum. but it was kind of like I would, it, the way she does it isn't really kind of like, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in the future. It's more mm. kind of, I know how to place these cards and read these cards and, and explain to you what I'm seeing. So it's kind of like an interpretive kind of thing. Oh. And people come to her with their issues and it seems more like a counseling session, to be honest. Yeah. And usually I'm in the back making a coffee or cooking some eggs or something. And, <laughs> and people are getting these readings and I'm getting like mm. these, these insights into people's life from a very young age. So mm. uh, um, it seemed to be the same kind of patterns of problems that people have over and over again, whether it's relationships mm. or money or it's mm. very rare that someone goes and sees a psychic. I mean, it does happen. Um, but if everything's kind of fine, but some people, People do oh. experiment, but it's usually because there's some kind of a imbalance or they feel imbalanced in their life. So mm-hmm. as I was growing up, I felt like I was learning lessons through other people's issues, through being mm-hmm. in the room while, um, while mm-hmm. or, or even just walking past while she was having these, these readings, these sessions. Mm-hmm. And was she, it sounds like there's a component that's, that's very relational about what she's doing. She's, she's listening and she's being attuned to them. And she's all validating their feelings too and uh, giving them guidance in a sense of helping them discover things for themselves in a way. Yeah, it's kind of like what we were talking about on our, on our last chat on my podcast when we were talking about like deep mm-hmm. listening and really yeah, yeah. allowing people to arrive at, at the problem for themselves. And yeah. I, actually, I actually tried that out after our chat and it works so great. Um, I tried it out <laughs> with my partner and she was having some problems and and instead of kind of analyzing it and, and giving her my version of m- what I thought the solution was, I just kind of mm-hmm. let it be and let her develop that on her own. And mm-hmm. it worked wonders. And she looked at me and she was like, gave me a big hug and she wrote some things down and it was great. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> sure. It's it's weird. I think, um, yeah, I, I get into fix it mode too. I'm the oldest of three and, you know, you, you like babysitting my brother and sister like you have to fix whatever it is and you kind of or you just want to help somebody and like I hope I can help you with this problem and a lot of times there people are just hoping they aren't alone you know hoping that there can can somebody is is everything going to be okay Mm. and and yes it is and we're gonna you know we're gonna find a way we're gonna stick together and um, 
and I don't have to fix it, then it's, it's actually kind of a relief. I'm just going to, I'm going to be here and, the, you know, we're going to find our way through. But I think sometimes, I know it was, it was Parker Palmer who said, sometimes we get in, into the fix mode so much that we'll kind of, okay, I fixed that. Now I can check it off my list. Now I don't even really have to listen to you. We don't actually have to connect because, you know, and if you don't listen to me, well, then that's your problem that you didn't listen to how I fixed it. <laughs> and I think it's, um, it's so much more connecting. Yeah. To, to, for that person to know, well, you know, it just feels good to be heard. That's cool that that worked out like that. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I think it, it becomes a little bit tricky when two people feel like they need to be heard and, and feel yeah. like they need to say things. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If, if the other person isn't a good listener, you're like, can't you listen? Like I wanted to be listened to. Yeah. yeah. It, could be, it could be frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. These are all challenges. These are all lessons we can learn from. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so you said in one of your videos that you had noticed like the people that you were around were were complaining and maybe gossipy or just had sort of a negative attitude or bringing more negativity into your life that you didn't want to be around anymore. I think that was, that's a really astute thing to, to be aware of like, wait a minute, how much do I want to sort of pollute my life with this much you know, negativity versus who else can I bring into my life that will, that I can aspire to be more, that I can learn things from. Yeah. And was there any particular incident that happened or was this like a slow realization? For I you? think, I think it was a, just a general feeling. Yeah. More of a, more of a gradual realization over time. Uh, mm -hmm. But I felt as though, uh, first of all, I think it's important to kind of check in on, on who you're surrounding yourself with because it is your choice and you can only have a limited people in your inner circle at any one time and then those people are going to influence you in a huge way. I mean, that's mm. what my podcast is all about and, and that's what I, I really believe in because I feel like I've noticed it in my own life. So, yeah, I feel like we've always, always all, all got these friends that we have from, uh, I guess, places where... Um, we meet we meet in a in a traditional sense so like mm -hmm. at school at work um, from kindergarten through family friends whatever it may be but they're mm -hmm. kind of these set up situations where we we end up being friends with people because you know they they're just people that are there but sometimes we meet people that we're really super connected with that we feel mm -hmm. you know it, it just uh, might have happened by chance or it might have been an introduction but I guess everything's by chance but once we meet these these people that we feel intimately connected to uh, I feel like those relationships are, are super special and and, and mm -hmm. um, there are lots of different types of relationships and we should kind of look and and constantly keep track of, of kind of who's around us at any time so I was in mm -hmm. I was in Melbourne where I'm from and I was living at home and I wasn't happy with my life. I wasn't happy with my job. And one of the biggest things was, I guess, the people that were around me at that time. And I really felt as though, um, I don't know, I felt as though it, it, they weren't really contributing to my growth and I didn't have as mm -hmm. much to offer them either. And it wasn't mm -hmm. really, I don't know, it wasn't really 
you know, the people that I, that were, that were really lifting me up and that I could help lift up as well. It was just a group that, like you mentioned earlier, were gossiping and, and, and they were just kind of had negative thoughts quite often. And, and it just wasn't really aligned with who I was. And I, and I noticed myself started, um, in a way, um, becoming more like them or, or, or kind of naturally feeling to like becoming more like them because I think as humans we've got this kind of I guess inert tribe kind of um, mm-hmm. uh, primal kind of instincts where we want to fit in we want to be part of the group mm-hmm. so uh, like I guess it, it might come from you know back in the day when we were you know um, I don't know I'm not really yeah, sure how trying it works. to blend in exactly or, yeah. yeah so um, so this was all going on and I really analyzed that and I thought, you know, I really want to, I want to get some new people into my life and I want to start mm-hmm. surrounding myself with the right people. But it was a scary thought because I was like, at one point I was like, I'm not going to have any friends if I just throw all these relationships away. Like, who am mm-hmm. I going to be with? I'm going to get so lonely and I've only got this person, this person, this person I can really feel close to. Mm-hmm. It's not enough for me because I'm a very social kind of being. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... I kind of threw caution to the wind and I just took a risk and, and I just mm-hmm. limited my communication with certain people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've got special memories together and there's bonds created, but mm-hmm. um, there's something about forming new friendships and honoring friendships um, at the same time that can be really rewarding for your growth, I feel. Uh, what are some of the things you're going to be up to? Are you going to be continuing the podcast, continuing to be doing YouTube or anything else that we should be tuning into? Yeah. So the podcast is like where all my intention, my focus, my love, my energy is going into because I, mm-hmm. I had like a revelation recently and that was like, I need to be having more of these conversations and I need to be sharing this with the world. I don't, I don't know, kind of where it came from but I guess after some deep kind of meditative practice mm-hmm. and I feel like it's a little bit more subtle than the videos so I still want to keep the videos coming out but I'm really liking the format of the podcast because I can play with I guess theater of the mind and I can have some really interesting conversations like like the ones we're having I can meet amazing people so mm-hmm. even the way we got connected I feel like it's it's a great way to again meet more people and bring people into that circle that we're discussing so um, the podcast is is all about surrounding listeners with the right people to help them grow and and, and grow consciously grow in a, an authentic organic way and, and by that I mean in in the direction of their true calling rather than some kind of manipulated thing mm, yeah. uh, it's based on creativity adventure and purposeful living so they're just three of my loves in life and um, I wanted to give the show some kind of structure, so I chose those three kind of um, elements, and I just go out and try to find really interesting people and and sh- get them to open up, so that we can share past experiences and stories, and we can all kind of learn and grow from that together, which is, I think, you know, a beautiful thing. And and I'm I'm relaunching the show, which I'm really excited about this Sunday on the 15th of September. And I've just recorded 20 episodes in a couple of weeks. I've been kind of wow. going, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've been putting my head down and really putting effort into it. Mm. And um, it's, it's something I'm really excited about because I want to, I've been wanting to make a life where, you know, I can really get by on doing something that I really enjoy. And I feel like podcasting is that thing. Like, I feel like I've finally found it. So now mm. it's just up to me to you know, make that happen. And and really, it's a great way to surf, which I think Mm -hmm. is something that I've recently also realized that is super important to be able to, you know, help other people on their journeys. And 
um, really, and, and do it together. feel like, you know, uh, I'm yeah. connected with everyone and we're kind of growing together. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, I love what you're doing. Tell everybody where they can find you on, online. Uh, I don't even know, actually. I think it's <laughs> Well, I'll have show notes that'll have links, but iTunes, Spotify, uh, there's just so many of the directories. I just recently got yeah. on Google Play, uh, mm-hmm. so Google Music, sorry. Um, or anywhere, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast, you'll be able to listen mm-hmm. to the show. And I'm, I'm just super pumped. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. excited to make more of these connections and just to really, I don't know, go on this journey of growth and take it to the next stage. Um, and, I f- and I feel like, I don't know, I'm just feeling really good at the moment about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I love what you're doing, so keep up the good work. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's the Good People Effect podcast. And uh, yeah, there's been some really neat guests on and I'm excited to see what you have coming up. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to kind of play with it and add add more music and creativity into the show and do mm-hmm. just, I love it because it's, it's such a freeing format and you can just mm-hmm. kind of do whatever you like. Like if I want to have an episode like I'll probably throw this episode on there as well. Mm-hmm. And if I want to have an episode where it's like, I'm just kind of jamming out with my instrument and yeah. I've got a couple of friends are doing the same thing and it only goes for five minutes. That could be an episode. I love the ability to be really random and spontaneous with it. Yeah. I, I love the, the, there's no gatekeeper. If people want to listen, they can listen. If people don't, they don't, but nobody can tell me you're not allowed, you know? Um, that's exactly. really, that's really and, nice. And how have you found your podcasting experience so far? Like you've been doing this mm-hmm. for quite a while and, and what stage of the journey are you at? Well, I've done almost 300 episodes wow. and I, I've never missed a week. Um, and sometimes I was doing it for a few months. I was doing it for twice a week, basically kind of killing myself. I realized I, I didn't like that very much. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's about four four years in going, going on to five years in. And what I love is, um, I will just be reading something and I'll want to share it. I'll do solo episodes for those types of things. And I really was inspired by the on being podcast with Krista Tippett. So that's just one of my very favorites. And she's basically my, my, um, superhero. I really love Krista and just her way of having guests, the hospitality and her, um, the generosity of her spirit. And I thought, oh, if I would do something like that, that's kind of what I would want to do it in, in that way. And she has scientists on and, um, you know, everybody from like Desmond Tutu and really famous people to, you know, um, religious leaders and spiritual leaders to atheists and kind of the whole gamut of people. But they all are talking about um, things that connect us and about the experience of being human and what the bigger questions of life. And I, I was just sort of enthralled when I had a, a, lar- a long commute. I would listen to that. And I thought, well, what if I read a book that I really enjoyed and then just asked the author to be on? And, and they said ye- yes so much more often than they would say no. And I just had some momentum. So I you know, had to, of course, learn all the tech stuff behind it. But I, for me, it was such a neat format the long form audio conversations. Uh, I really love it because I'm, I'm extroverted and, uh, and yet I don't, you know, I can be worn out. It's not like I want to go to a party and, and talk all night or be in the spotlight all the time or something, but I do love connecting with people and, um, and listening and, and 
exchanging ideas and seeing what we can do to make the world better or share resources and um, things like that. So this is kind of my jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I feel like a lot of us aren't truly kind of free unless we can mm. help to kind of free free others. And, and yeah. when I say free, I mean just you know, allow for different ways of thinking and openness and mm. and all these beautiful things to flourish to kind of the counter mm. of, of what we were talking about earlier. Uh, but yeah. I think that's that's amazing that you that you got inspired by a podcast and now you're mm. doing this incredible, you're giving yeah. this incredible gift to the world, which is, is such a beautiful thing to do and, and to feel. And I'm sure you get, you know, uh, messages from people thanking you all the time. And it's, it's a really nice feeling, even if just one person sends you something, mm. it, it's just, it makes it all worthwhile. Do you do a lot of um, live interviews or are they mainly kind of online? It's, it's just over Skype. Um, I don't know that I have quite what it takes to to do them that way yet I don't really have the equipment I don't think but um yeah I just do it with Skype and call recorder and if I did it a different way I'm not even sure how I would do it I would need some some other kind of equipment um but I guess I could yeah I'm not sure because what I do is I split the conversation and then I take it into audition and and work with each side of the of the conversation and try to enhance it that makes sense yeah Yeah. i I just i've just found that having live conversations somehow Mm. i don't know if it necessarily adds something special to it but Mm -hmm. what happens afterwards is quite interesting when you Mm. kind of turn the mics off i'm not sure if you've ever experienced this over skype but Mm -hmm. you end up having like a post podcast podcast almost yeah and (laughs) and the chat goes so much deeper it's almost like the conversation that you recorded was like a warm-up and then exactly once you hit stop it's kind of like sometimes guests feel a little bit more free because they're not Mm -hmm. under the kind of record Mm -hmm. button if you know what I mean (laughs) exactly yeah and sometimes it's that's nice to have a a repeat guest on too because then you you've already had you've already had those main connections already established and um I like having repeat guests on sometimes um yeah, with with when you have Ralph on, I haven't had a chance to have him on after he's written his book about souvenirs. But um, you might want to check out that book. He is a very excellent writer. He's he's just top notch writer. Um, mm-hmm. I really appreciate. But yeah, he's he's a really neat guy. So I think you'll really like enjoy that interview with him. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm not sure. I know we'll be talking a lot about travel and, yeah. and kind of shared experiences, but I'm not really mm-hmm. sure which direction it will go in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just think I just think having these conversations is such a great thing. Like even if nothing else comes from it, um, all the time and energy is kind of worth it in a way if we can help other people and at the same time have these great conversations with people like Rolf, with people like yourself. Like I feel like that's all that's that's definitely doing something on a level that we might not completely understand in, in terms of growth. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, actually, um, really connecting with people. Um, I think, um, I think it's, it's Simone, Simone Vale said that, um, presence is the only true gift you can really give someone, um, is your presence. And that's true in, in a good conversation or when you're with someone um, you know, you can't really give somebody more than that. That's, that's the best gift you can give them and that it can change people. And, um, it's, it's an honor to be able to, to be present for someone and have them be present for you. And it's so 
more rare now when you when you see people I'll see whole families going out and they don't talk to each other all dinner long because they're all on their devices the whole dinner and it's like even though they're, they're together they're not sharing each other's presence um, and so it's yeah. you know it's more rare than ever that 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 can happen I think that's why it feels like such a treat to be actually be able to connect so how do we how do we reconnect with our presence? How do we find that presence in the world where all this noise and all these things are going on? Well, I think it starts with with the intention and the awareness to, to know that it's important and and to kind of schedule it in your day in terms of margin, in terms of I'm going to make sure I have enough time to have presence with people in my family or my friends or my someone in my neighborhood or community that you're just going to make sure you have enough margin because people will be selfish or they'll be too busy and it just doesn't even make it to the <laughs> it doesn't make it to the itinerary you know um so just making sure somebody could be like oh i know you're too busy but and be like no actually i have margin planned in my day so if you need to talk i try to to do that and if someone needs to talk to me i'm i can I'll have 20 minutes to take a walk with them or have some coffee or something. And, um, and then like, if I'm going to a restaurant or to get coffee, I leave my phone in my car. There's just little habits you can do to make sure you're, you're actually there. Um, and it's, it's kind of a way of life. It's kind of a way of seeing like, um, you know, this is a, and for me, maybe it's seeing someone as, um, a child of God, uh, another person just like me who is also sacred, um, a sacred being, if you will, you know, another person who deserves attention, deserves love. And I won't always be a loving person or a perfectly patient person, but if I can it, try to keep that in my mind, um, that that's how I would want to be treated, that, that helps me a little bit. That's beautiful. <laughs> so well, that's that's so nice. Probably should wrap this up, but this was such a pleasure talking to you, Michael. It's it's great to be able to connect again. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy that we that we made the time to be present for each other mm -hmm. and that we, um, you know, got the chance to talk again because I really enjoyed our last conversation yeah. and, and I feel like we kind of picked up where we left off, yeah. which is that really makes me smile. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so keep in touch, and uh, hopefully you can come back on again sometime. Definitely, definitely keep in touch and I'm, I'm keen to, you know, um, see kind of where Spark My Muse goes, mm -hmm. which direction and, um, your, you know, your future guests and even your future solo episodes mm -hmm. and, and the book. Congratulations on, on that. That's, that's big news. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I just can't wait to see the good stuff to come. 